relax. I want to listen to my car. I don't want to be talked at by my car. <laughs> Enough of that. No, sing that writer. <laughs> you know who else had the tools to get it done, Jared? Is a mm. small band. Let me paint a picture. Do it. Before we even say who we're doing, but obviously. It's hometown you, January, though. Did you know that? Staying with it. Yeah. Feels good, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a 2021, man. <laughs> Great time to be alive. It's raining. Yeah. Here in Seattle, and a bus pulls up. This is around, <laughs> what are we talking, 1991? Okay. Doors of the bus open up. This sounds like the beginning of the Welcome to the Jungle video by Guns N' Roses. Could be. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's the late 80s, bro. And and this young lad, clad in a brown corduroy jacket, curly hair, thick, kind of a deeper voice, maybe shy a little little bit, bit, steps off the bus onto the Seattle streets that are glistening with the rain. Mm. Not greasy because it's been raining for a while. We, we know how it goes out here. Um, seems like he's from California. Skin kissed by the sun. <laughs> Shoulders. Those slumped against the weather. Strong enough to hold the strapped guitar in a case, mm-hmm. but maybe it's only got another hour in the rain before it starts yeah. failing a bit. This is like the end of Rockstar now. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> and that's how Pearl Jam formed, man. Do you know anything different? <laughs> no, that that's like the, the lore I always heard. Yeah, from San Diego, got the got the cassette uh, demo with no lyrics on it, and sent them back for Pearl Jam songs that we all know today. Right, and they're like, okay, come see us. Yeah, we're gonna book some shows, like good shows. Yeah, yeah. Let's do this. Uh-huh. This is this. Uh, we're talking about Pearl Jam, and we're talking about Versus, oh, yeah. the second album, and. This is uh this is a great second album. We're gonna try not to go three hours like last week. <laughs> yeah, but we do have to set the scene a little bit. We reserve the right to go three hours. We can't do hometown January without talking about how this band formed, which informs a number of other bands that we're have either covered, may cover in the future. This is gonna be a little yeah. bit of a series th- and um and uh it, it goes deep. These waters out here go real deep. And they weren't on a lot of people's radar around this time. Mm-hmm. Felt like that local scene where you get in the, the and you, you attest to it. I'm, I'm trying to set okay. you up because you were here. Okay. Yes. When it was happening. <laughs> Did you see him get off the bus? I was, yeah. Yeah, I was there. Um, it was during a phase in my life where I was living outdoors. Um, you know how it is, but... uh. Bus station was a real good spot. It was nice. Yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't, I feel like I heard a Pearl Jam like the same time as everyone else, but I don't know. Um, I mean, I mean, that first album came out and that's kind of when, you know, we'd heard about them because they would, they would play with Soundgarden and all these bands that you knew. So I remember hearing about them, but I, I feel like, you know, I didn't like have early demos before their first album came out. I got older friends, like in their fifties, yeah, who were at those shows and yeah. can tell me all about it. I was still, you know, I couldn't go to club shows. I was too young, right? So I wasn't in the know. No, this was this uh, being on the East Coast. I didn't hear of Pearl Jam at all before Ten came out, and mm-hmm. I think that's the case for a lot of people with Pearl Jam, specifically with Pearl Jam. Because it all moved pretty fast anyway. Yeah. Like, if you knew about them before 10 came out, that's not a really long stretch of time. No. 
that that's exactly right. So them getting together, they had that motivation. We're putting together a serious band, and they're other than Eddie Vedder, everybody else in the band is coming from a whole bunch of other bands. They were a bit of a known quantity already. Yeah. They were a thing. Mother Love Bone was about to be a thing when yeah. Andrew uh, Wood died, um, and I. Which was the day Eddie arrived on a bus. A lot of people don't know that. Day. But you get some. <laughs> it was a weird thing because there's just, there's always that like, what if? Because I really do think that Mother yes. Love Bone would have, would have just hit <laughs> nicely because it was hitting no, nicely you're to hitting me. It, dude. You're because I was that. like, Mother Love Bone is, is the shit. And they're going to be the best. But, you know, would they have come down on the wrong side of that whole movement? Because well, they were more akin to, like, Aerosmith than anything. It was a So, coming from Green River into Mother Love Bone, this is yeah. already now the, the second serious fucking um, uh, group that are, that are actually trying to do it. And it seems like admitting it in Seattle around this time was a little bit taboo as <laughs> far as trying to be. And this is a little point of contention between some of these guys. Is um, you don't want to really say we want to be a, a fucking worldwide rock star rock band, but we're gonna unless work you're on- Andrew Wood. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he was calling it and yeah. fuck it, and they were doing it. Yeah. Um, they ha- they had the trajectory. Yeah, I I think I think you're right. If Andrew Wood had lived, we're not seeing Pearl Jam. No, they could have. You know, and what probably would have happened, they would have been something more akin to uh like uh jane's addiction just because i know all those guys were just big fans of what well jane's was doing at the time for sure the sunglasses for christ's sake he stole them right off of perry's head yeah and and perry didn't invent any of that stuff he he was an amalgamation andrew woods celebrated that both children david lee roth both children of dlr yes yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh there's a healthy dose of dlr in mr wood so there's a show uh a jane show where stone jeff and Mark Arm go to. Okay. And guess which two thought it was an excellent show? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I've heard that story before. And guess and... who formed Mud Honey? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. They were uh, they were influential for them. They wanted it. They saw it. They, they well, they, they saw they another group chops, going man. for it. And yeah. these are ambitious dudes. And it's not a that's not a dirty word to me. And Am- driven. Yeah. It's no secret that ambition bites the nails of success. And so that's going to sow a little bit of discontent between Nirvana and Pearl Jam. I'm not really sure where Soundgarden falls in on this, but as far as Soundgarden overlapping, the most I got is Ben told me he was the one who told Eddie which room they were practicing in when he showed up. <laughs> I've heard that one too. That's, that, that, checks yeah, believe it. that checks out. I checks out. I can dig it. Uh, um, that's awesome too. Um, but... There's going to be a little bit of, hey, we've been working here for a while, and a little bit of, you guys got famous off a of radio play outside of Seattle. That's where mm-hmm. Pearl Jam came onto my radar, obviously, because I'm on the East Coast at this time. But it blew up. It exploded. We played it constantly. Mm-hmm. We were able to sing it, which was pretty rad, because everything <laughs> else coming up to that, Poison and, and, and what, yeah. David Lee Roth. Yeah. You can get a little bit. You can get a little piece. You started getting a lot of Eddie Van, <laughs> Eddie Vedder, um, Eddie Van Vedder, Eddie Van Vedder. <laughs> um, so it was like pretty digestible. Yeah, it felt familiar, 
but it also felt pretty fresh, which these guys have yeah. a lot of callbacks and, and, and whatnot in their song styles and yeah. craftsmanship. It was classic rock as soon as it came out. Like it well, was written. I know in, that. <laughs> like it was already a genre, you know, it was just classic rock. Like you could have heard free play some of those songs, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, but that's why I like this album, their second album, a little bit, actually a lot more than the first album. I, I enjoy the first album. I got, uh, what do you call it? Sentimental feelings about it because it's the first one and, and, uh, uh, are we talking a little Star Wars Empire Strikes Back here? I think so. And things <laughs> happened in your life while this record was on, so you got attachments. But couldn't have the <clears> second <throat> without the first. Right. This Old album, Testament, though, New Testament. this is where I think uh, Eddie's influence comes to bear a little harder because maybe this that first album was sort of mostly put together and written. And this one is way... If, that, if the first one was classic rock, this one borders on like Fugazi-esque cool shit for sure like we're gonna get some fucking punk rock on this record and i think eddie has one of the best and maybe easiest other than an upbringing trajectory of being where he is now because he's coming from not really being in a band writing some lyrics to a demo that someone slipped him (laughs) (laughs) and then coming out it working out after the first album now having to deal with what the fuck now the band is also, holy shit! This is we're, our our work is paying off. Yeah. We're doing this. Lightning is striking twice. Right, and um, and Eddie comes to be like, all right, I can I can fucking tell some stories and sing. I got like I think you're right. This is this is a really cool second album because it's where they're validating everything that they've been working hard to get up to. Right. And it's not necessarily a, just a double down of their sound. No. It, it's a little bit U2 trajectory no. where it becomes their sound. That's a different... Co- and this uh, the second <sighs> album, we're moving... <laughs> we got a new rhythm section to contend with, or at least half of the rhythm section is new. Dave Cruzen is out. Uh, substance abuse problems and just not having it together. Don't feel bad for Dave. He went on to do a lot of other cool shit. He got his shit together, and yeah. he's a successful guy. Other but, than Spinal Tap, these <laughs> right, guys don't, have cycled some drummers, but there's, don't there, sign there's up for Spinal Tap drumming. Um, but this is where we got Dave Abrazes, and I don't know how you say it, mm-hmm. but I say it Abrazes. Uh, some people call the album Anima, and some people <laughs> yeah. just say it's Anima. And some people are from New York, so <laughs> Animer. So I'll go with however you say it, and probably not be able to repeat it. <laughs> um, and this not only being my favorite Pearl Jam album, this is my favorite iteration of the whole rhythm section deal. Nice, and and nice. that's no shorts on uh, Matt Matt at all. Like he cares what I fucking think anyway. Plus we blew him up, Matt, and he's Matt's a he's a guy. You know. But there's combinations and there's chemistries and him and Jeff have good chemistry, but him and Dave Abrazes yeah. is it's like well there's you, fire you know there's making the furniture and then there's fucking refinishing the furniture <laughs> and both are a fucking art and Matt Cameron refinished fucking Pearl Jam and was able to add a whole bunch to a already really fine fucking piece of work right and and Dave is is sculpting. Yeah, and Dave would only be around for one more album after this, and he'd get the ouster. Yeah. Um, why Why was that? There's all kinds of stories. I, I, I think it was more 
Wanted and to this bring is complete on a tour bus. Yeah, no, I think it was more between him and Eddie. Yeah, I just don't think they were they were vibing. Like it comes down, to, I don't think they literally got along. There's yeah, so many members of the band know. coming in and out. I, yeah. I think there's they got like seventeens in there. I think <laughs> Matt Cameron didn't, gets shirts. Abrazes did not get inducted into the hall though. That's some funky mm. shit. Like I don't know about that, dude. That's a sensitive topic. Yeah, certain members. Uh, uh, Pete Best, he didn't get in. Um, eventual Pearl Jam Did drummer, <laughs> Pete Best. I don't think so, dude. But uh, what's his name that played with the Chili Peppers too? Jack Irons. Oh, he's yeah, in yeah. the hall for the Chili Peppers though. Really? Original drummer. Did they did they honorarily put in Hello? That I'd, yeah, they must have. I think there was someone from his family there. So and I know not everybody, you know, like Blackbird Midnight probably didn't get in. <laughs> there's there's <laughs> tertiary players along the road, but Dave, did Dave get in? He shouldn't. Oh, Navarro? Yeah. Though one hot minute is a fucking tight album. <laughs> I think you put Dave in there. I you know? Jane's probably won't go in. So you think? get Dave in there. Yeah. No, nah, Jane's will go in. You think? Fucking Cure just went in. You know, all them Still, Crosby, yeah, Stills, nah, Nash motherfuckers are dying off, they you know? The Cure. The, the Cure. They're bigger. Than, they're way bigger than Chains. Well, true, but. More influential, too. We'll see. Time um, will tell. Go. Uh... There's that, that rhythm section I was telling you about. Just having fun. (laughs) See, they're already fucking with you now. And they got you. As soon as that starts, you're like, all right. So, I remember when this album came out, and they started doing TV appearances and playing songs, and they would play this one. I don't know if this was the first single. I'd have to pull up the wiki page. I think this was a single, though. Yeah. And seeing them play this live on TV, and just like, what? I mean, I was, I was down, but now I'm like. I'm way down. Yeah. Like, this shit is way harder than anything. That, and hard is a relative term. But for this is hard for Pearl Jam. This is, like, just in your face. Like, look out. They could they could do it. That was, I'm edit everything like I just rain. said out. Yeah, yeah. What'd you say? I'm edit everything <laughs> I just said out. <laughs> no, like, it's playing over music, bro. You're yeah, in. I know, man. I know, it sucks, right? <laughs> but this is a classic rock solo. And Mike McCready. We haven't mentioned him yet. He's from that like Hendrix, Stevie Ray Vaughan school of like he can shred, but it's not like uh, it's not like that neoclassical style. He's very blues based, and yeah. that hits me. That rubs me right. Yeah, I I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean I appreciate it all, but it, his guitar sound is so clean. 
and and it's a pretty guitar forward band um but that is not sleeping on any of the rhythm section you can't you you couldn't sleep on this rhythm section if you wanted to no it it really is all of them kill it it's like it's like dave matthews like everybody's great everybody in that band's great yeah recorded this one in california so they left they left town to do this one where they did the first one at london bridge they busted out of they had to get out of dodge yeah do one and London Bridge is a fucking famous studio for capturing some Last week's album was sounds. recorded at London Bridge. You got to play at London Bridge. My album you got was to record there, dude. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. All the talent stayed in the walls and did not help us. Can you believe it? <laughs> it wasn't leaching that day. It wasn't warm enough. Uh-huh. That's the first song on their second album right there. And that just begins and ends with authority. That's, that's throwing the gauntlet down. Yeah. It feels like it's in dialogue with everything that made 10 such a popular album. Yeah, it's not like such a quantum leap. You're like, well, it's not Kid A or something, but it's... No. They turned they, 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 a couple they notch did, or they, two. They, put, they put a stop in there in the beginning. <laughs> they did They did a drum and bass. Yeah, nasty rhythm. bass. Nasty. 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 And this is another thing I like about Pearl Jam, and I don't know how they mix these guys, because any mix I would come up with, one of the instruments might be a little bit low. Maybe the bass is in the back. No, bass is forward in Pearl Jam. Everything louder but than so everything else. so is all of the guitars in, in Pearl Jam. So his, if anything, Eddie's voice is mixed back a little bit because it has such a texture to it yeah. that it can, it likes to meld with the with the, um, you know, the bass tones and 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 uh, you know the mid tones, and then that scream. This is one of the first screams that that's not trying to be death metal or like a no, put on scream. Anguish. Earnest, right? But when you <laughs> when you would find out, uh, what a huge Who fan he was. And you know right away where that screen comes right. from. Uh, but the mixing, I wanted to look it up. Like, who did... I know uh, that producing it was Brendan O'Brien. Yeah. Um, this, this is the beginning of a, of a long, good <laughs> trend of Pearl Jam sound produced by Brendan. That is the guy. Oh, look at this as I'm scrolling through. Uh, inside color photography, Lance Mercer. Get out of here! Go back and <laughs> Holy check. Shit, I I think that episode is still in the feed. It's it's too far back. It's, it's okay. Too subscribe far back to Premium, and right. you'll get all the episodes. Right. What? And uh, anyway, shout out Lance Lance Mercer, guest friend of the show. His artwork hangs in the, this very studio. Uh, Brandon O'Brien production. Who's who's mixing this? It doesn't say. That's kind of that's kind of nuts. No. Nick Didia was working on the recording. He's credited with recording adam casper is a dude hmm pearl jam is also uh credited with production so they had their hands in it but uh as for who mixed it it's got to be brendan o'brien i bet because he went back and did all the remixes on the remasters too he even went back and remixed the first album have you ever heard 10 under brendan o'brien's mix i heard about 10 under the mix and um, eh, you know, it it wasn't a hundred percent. This is way better. I it, thought it was. I have yeah. issues with the sound of ten too. Do you think that's why um your sessions at London Bridge didn't work so well? <laughs> because you can't tell the difference of just the pure London Bridge mix and what be. fucking Brendan Lucas George Lucas O'Brien did you going know, back and changing his when shit. When you put it that way. Now you now you mentioning these guys recorded some of this in the Cali studio. 
And this was, was that the go was specifically Cali Studio. Do you know? Uh, did you Which, say that? the name of it? Yeah, it was called like that. the. Is that what site. you fucking said? The site <laughs> in the Nicasio, Nicasio. Yeah. I don't know how you say that. Eddie was having trouble recording in Cali. There's yeah. a little bit of angst. Too many ghosts. Yeah, not so many ghosts. Just uh, he's. He, he, I think he's emotional, but uh, he he would sleep in his truck, fucking take his truck out, drive hours away from the studio. He just didn't like the vibe, and <laughs> and sleep in the truck, talk to the people, write some shit. Hey, whatever worked, right? Because it did work. He's he's fucking processing. Yeah, this he, album has a lot of that. Like there's there's so much money behind it now they're a juggernaut and they're like yeah, yeah. fucking give them anything you want a mountain bike give them a mountain bike <laughs> fucking and that can you imagine i can't imagine what kind of pressure on these guys is coming well, off then, of because per, 10 can be in the top first albums all the time yeah oh for sure yeah. um but eddie eddie's got that little bit of that survivor's guilt he, like, yes, um, yes. <laughs> off that the way it just all took off i mean because he knows he he knows he know he knows how fast that just happened. Yes, he knows what he stepped into, and I think he he gets feeling a little guilty about things. Uh, understandable, but right. I I think I think it's self imposed. You know, none of us gave a shit. It, 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 but it, he stepped off a bus and into Pearl Jam. Right. So yeah, you there you is stayed a... with Pearl Jam. That's the story. A lot of people got <laughs> off that bus. I think maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how many people they saw, but. No, that is uh, you nailed it, man. The um, the idea that he wasn't cutting his teeth in the scene, but everybody that he's playing with was cutting his teeth. He came in and fucking nailed the audition. Yeah, and started writing good music together. I think it was, it was on it this was tour, working. the tour for this album, where he started like not riding in the bus, but like following in a van and doing like a radio pirate radio broadcast. Like he was he was going to retroactively go back and get his punk degree. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> And good on him. Well, it was fun. You get some of those. Well, I can't remember what he used to call them. Well, you know what else they did? Pearl Jam in general did pretty well going back retroactively or just fucking turning backwards. They're mm. baseball hats. They're, <laughs> they, yes, they, this is a backward. This was this was the passport for yeah. anybody now to Before turn. Before Fred their, Durst even thought of picking up a microphone. Jared, do you just want to get a fucking pair of cargo shorts and put our hats on backwards <laughs> and just go check out a show? Yeah, I mean, it'll get hot. We'll take our flannels off and we'll time around our waist. It's just efficient that way. Because yeah. it's I'm out here long enough that it's gonna get chilly. It's gonna get chilly again. You just keep it with you. See, no, they don't. No one. In the fashion world, trying to cop our stees, <laughs> understood this was all born out of necessity. I, th- I think that's why it hit. Uh, we're getting bogged down in the details. But Brendan O'Brien, I think, deserves the credit you were trying to give for the wonderful mixing where everything is louder than everything else. And he's a guitar player, too. So we, we got real good sounding guitars on this album. Animal. Enough. Oh, Jesus. They do that. They just jump on top of you. You don't know, like, even flow can be sitting around the corner. You never know. <laughs> I kind of feel that, too, with this song and some of their, uh, um, that's so tight. Yeah. You're kind of waiting for them to do, that's so tight. Any of their other songs, anytime you listen to one of their songs. Yeah, yeah. This was also a single I remember seeing him play like on the Letterman or what have you. Or 
the VMAs or the MTV Movie Awards, yeah. they did this. Well, they him get, in that fucking corduroy jacket, boy, he was working it. <laughs> it's still a good it's the jacket. The one he wore in the Jeremy video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a yes. solid. That's a solid jacket. That's what that you should think be, of Eddie Vedder when you think Eddie that Vedder. jacket should be in the EMP. I'm just saying it should be. But they're coming off of. Uh, some video success too and yeah. this album is going to be a fucking response to that because they got heat for the Jeremy video they had an, a live like live footage for a live mm-hmm. even flow which yeah. were blowing people away because we hadn't seen just raw we've been seeing production at that yeah. point oh just some live cuts yeah live cuts holy shit I want to go to that show I want to mm-hmm. see these guys that's mm-hmm. it. that's what every every one of their live uh, bits of footage uh, shouts out and it's right you want to go see him they're a fucking awesome live but this one here oh boy stop doing that but my McCready's making oh, and it could be stone actually and it probably is stone now that I think about it his little chicken scratchy yeah, in, the, yeah. in the verse like, like stone stone is another guy in the rhythm guitarist hall of fame this is another guy I had to look up to yes. growing up yeah 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 that's probably stone in the in your right ear if you're listening with both earbuds today. In stereo. I love that style of mixing guitars uh, where you got one guy in the left and one guy in the right. Yeah. It's just, that's rock that's rock and roll and Brennan O'Brien understands this. Well, he's also working with two guys that do that, can play together so well. Mm-hmm. The way they work in and out of each other is fucking, is brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, Stone Gossard doesn't get his due, I guess, maybe, but great songwriter, great rhythm guitars. And played cool Les Pauls and made me want to have a Les Paul, so I saved up and I bought a Les Paul. Yeah. I did not like the Les Paul. No, I didn't like it. It didn't last very long. But I tried it, though. Yeah. Stone looked pretty cool with one. You got to take a round, like yeah. you, you know. I imagine if you're a guitarist, there's going to be um, a Stratocaster somewhere that graces your hands. Yeah. I don't know any guitarist. Is there, Jared, someone who's never played a Stratocaster? No, no. What do you know? Yeah. <laughs> Even Slash will play a Strat from time to time. Yeah. I think he was the other half of the influence for getting the Les Paul too. By the way, I, I think I got a cop to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, he's. Good. Talk about looking cool. <laughs> I think I was more in love with how the Les Paul look. It kind of, you know, because they're kind of womanly shaped. Yes. Like when yeah. old dudes in the 40s would, would try like to pair, signal that a, a lady looked nice and they'd make that air figure in the air. That's a Les Paul. The Les Paul, who I guess, did he design the guitar? Maybe he was looking at Mary Ford when he designed it. So we don't have multi track recording about Les Paul. We're not doing this podcast without Les Paul. Yeah. Put some respect on his name, guys. Dude, that's, that's a goddamn genius right there. <laughs> that's a that's a Tesla. I'm it's, look- a, it's a Lesla, but it's you yeah. know, you know. <laughs> Lesla. That's gonna be the knockoff electric cars from now on. Is a Lesla? Lesla. Oh, I love that. Did you just, did you just coined that? Do you put a copyright on that right now? <laughs> yeah, patent pending. Patent yeah. pending. Patent pending. Patent pending. Like bad. pointing to everybody out there. That <laughs> swap meet bootleg electric car. The little... oh, okay. All right. Boring. <laughs> Number three, um, I like. I think the first three right out of the gate here. They're all like, how many singles came off this record? I'll look that up yeah. while we're listening to this. But it's just two hammers. They're just yeah. came right out. Daughter, they got a bag of hammers. Right Everybody now. knows this one. Shit. 
Yeah. Busting out those acoustics. When you have, when you come out of the gates with two fucking jam <laughs> tunes like that, you can yeah. do this for the third. You gotta get all Led Zeppelin three right here. Totally. Yes. Having the whole band come in completely, just without going twice through that phrasing, is great. Like yeah, they, they hit you just shorter than than you would allow. Right. You know. You but they're hearkening to like Led Zeppelin there. That would let this do it for you know, 16 bars or so. Just let it go and go and solo and jam on it. This was the second single of the album. Go was the first third one was Animal, so they kind of flipped on the album, and, and I think number, yeah, the fourth, four singles off this album, Dissident, was the other yeah, we, we'll get there <laughs> you just had to, you just did a Nixon face, yeah, <laughs> oh, my jowl shook so Eddie's painting pictures he's feeling pretty confident in his ability to paint some pictures and put himself in a scenario yeah, and he is one of those guys, or one of the first guys I noticed, who's really comfortable writing from a woman's point of view. Yeah. Like this song, Woman Behind a Counter. Uh, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a couple. Uh, uh, what's the one? A better Man? Yep. I mean, dude's really in touch with He's... his feminine side, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Because cutting off 50% of your inspiration, if you can only... Uh, Get into your your macho masculine. That's how Godsmack happens, right? You can't get in touch, <laughs> right. right? And Dave, I hear your hi hats, brother. Little splash symbol. Who doesn't want a splash symbol after hearing that? He's so good on that. Yeah, and it sounds. <laughs> Sounds like Stone Gossard is like right behind me, sitting on the bed in my dorm room, playing acoustic <laughs> guitar, trying to teach you how to play it. Yeah. Right? It's so close. Yeah, it's so close. Have you ever sat on the edge of a bed with an acoustic guitar and sang this song while playing? Mm. Not just cuddling the guitar, not just no. spooning the thing. You know what? I don't think I've ever played this song. No. No. Uh, Transparency. It's not my favorite song on the album. It's not my favorite Pearl Jam song. Okay. It's good. It's fine. I don't skip past it usually when I'm listening, but it's not the it's not the one, man. I'm not hearing a no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I know daughter, but I could probably play a lot of these songs, but that's not one of them. That listen to bass though. It's acoustic bass, isn't it? Yeah, I think this is yeah. Somebody's just slapping their laps. You're a kid. I'm not sure how you get that sound, but Eddie's a method performer. He's yeah. That's Dave slapping Eddie's ass. <laughs> but in corduroys, it's got to be the right pair of corduroys to make that sound. <laughs> Corduroy butt leather gloves. Get it right. <laughs> Signed, are you Brendan O'Brien. Fucking Neumann. Are you, what are, where the fuck are you? This is California. Seen London Bridge. So he's he's dude, he's painting pictures out in a fucking truck, 
parked over. Yeah, he's a yeah. bluff <laughs> with all the money coming to him. Like, oh shit, I'm gonna be all right. <laughs> like that's now tough. what? That is tough that though, is tough, dude. <laughs> when you're already like kind of jammed up inside, yeah, and then somebody gives you everything you wanted, and you're still jammed up inside, right? Shoots that's and a, ladders. That's but a you, heavy, still the same thing to reckon with at a young, young what? 25 jesus come on yeah i was a straight i was 25 when i met you wasn't i an idiot both of us jared yes both idiots <laughs> i think you were older though i think we met was i older then oh no 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 no, no that was it no <laughs> yeah no. you're older now but i was older then you're trying to say you passed me you're catching up uh i was 25 when i met you i thought you i thought you said you were <clears throat> yes. you are right spider boring I'm gonna try. I think I'm gonna get rid of that one. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's quite appropriate. Um, okay. Here's some hot goss on the next tune, Chris. Yeah, yeah, bring it. This song I heard was somewhat about Abrazes. Mm-hmm. Um, Abrazes Go on. being a gun owner. Oh, and uh, not shy about it or repentant about it or anything about it. It was just not a big deal to him. I like guns. Yeah, he's like, I got guns. I don't even know how much he liked him. He just, he had guns. Yeah. I wasn't there. This whole story could be apocryphal. Well, who knows? That's, that's the word on the street. Okay, so let's play the nuance for you for a second. They're getting on a tour bus, and Dave's like, well, I always have a pistol. Brought this gun. I brought a pistol. I got a pistol. <laughs> not a bad idea. Have you heard what happens out there on the road? I mean, I've let's heard keep it. Let's keep a pistol on the bus. Yeah, it's got a gun. In fact, I got two, but that's okay, man, because I love God. The opening line right there just laid out his whole thoughts on the matter. Yeah. Feels so manly. Uh, I like the rhythm track on here, though, because it's very, uh, I think you said disjointed, but uh, I prefer to call it like more Euro. It has that Euro feel. Um, it also feels like the beginning to she drives me crazy or something. <laughs> like there's some weird, yeah, it's and jaunty. This it, this song is more sticky than enjoyable for me. Hmm. Always the same glorified version of a pelican. Yeah, that took a, a while to figure out. <laughs> now, do you think Dave knew this was about him? Hard to say. You think it was an open dialogue with this band about about the guns, or because I, 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 I get a sense of a little passive aggressiveness too. Like for sure. Listen, we'll be fine if per se we got a different personality that played the drums as well as Dave. <laughs> if that situation happened, right. yeah, okay. Who came in after? Yeah, I think that's good too. Who came in after? It didn't go right to Matt Cameron, no. did it? Who was in the interim? Steve Buscemi. Oh, yeah. For a that's bit. right. I forgot. Well, he was a volunteer fireman. Hey, I don't fucking know how to play this, guys. No, he's the bass player. Haven't you seen Airheads? Yeah. <laughs> Rex. <laughs> He'll be on the cover of Cream Magazine. I'll looking all cool. <laughs> he fucking... He sold me as a bass player. Yeah. Like, the, the the guys in um, 
uh, a Tom Hanks movie. That thing Little you Wonder, do. The Little Wonder, The Oneaters. They looked like they were playing. Yeah. They no, did I a good Jack job. Jack Irons came in right after this. I think you're right. Full circle. He start, He kind of. He got them hooked up with Eddie Vedder. That was his connect. So he came around and yeah. did probably a couple albums too. This I, just doesn't. This is the first song that's come up. I think that really you would not see coming on ten. This is not a song sure. that would fit on ten. No, because it's too jaunty and weird a little bit. It's I, a little weird. I'm gonna say it doesn't really fit here too, and I think that's why they put it at number four mm-hmm. because. He, it's uh, it, it, is, it is you know it's, it's not a single it's not a single the first three were singles all of a sudden this was not a single but again totally of their sound and recognizable yeah but honestly I don't know how many of these songs I didn't hear on the radio right. in 1993 yeah. people the DJs would just play the whole record it was like a Marvel movie like <laughs> you could just put it out and make it pretty decent yeah. These guys did everything they yeah, wanted listen, to do el- excellently, but yeah. like it's like, yep. Yeah, what does it cost us? Fucking throw that one out there. Elderly the woman. Kids are eating it. They're not a single. <laughs> right. Not a single. Rearview mirror. Not, not a single. single. But it was a single. Uh, this next song truly was a single. This was the last single off the album. And this one, I could hear on ten. This this is very classic rock, but. Just a wonderfully written song, a cool guitar lick, <laughs> just really singing with it, you know, like doing the, he, he's doing the thing. So, <laughs> just like that. Well, it's already an anthem. Right. That intro already says, we're going to play you an anthem right now. I mean, you want to resolve that guitar line. Nice bass slide. Again, telling the story of a woman. Dude. He wrote this about, like, a lady who walked in front of his headlights in some fucking <laughs> rural town 20 miles away and was just like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he has just enough um, well-crafted, vague lyrics that you can project almost anything on, yeah. and embraced that dynamic by not telling you what his songs were about. He liked, yeah. he liked the idea of the mystery, and the band itself also liked a bit of the mystery. They weren't, they were being thrown out there, so they were able to pull back and not have to do every yeah. goddamn circuit. Well, like you were saying, no videos for this album, right? Oh no, you get no videos now. No more videos then. Fuck off. They wouldn't do a video again till the, do the evolution, right? And they and and most of it is you guys fucking miss a point. You get, yeah. Instead, you're going to have memories of us playing on, on Late Show with David Letterman. Yeah. And those videos would get, like, replayed. On. Yeah. <laughs> like, their live footage would become their videos that got played on MTV. Yeah. MTV found a way to play Pearl Jam. And then and you would just keep hearing about them playing shows and trying to go catch a show or whatnot. This is when they started fucking with Ticketmaster, too. This is the ticket. <laughs> this is, here comes the beginning of the Ticketmaster fucking battle yeah. which they hung in 
started and and uh, didn't win. No, they died for our sins on that one. Yes. And God bless them. Here's to protein. Here's to them. <laughs> nice bridge, by the way. And a great way to great way great way to come out of it, right here. The way his his vocal melody plays with that guitar melody is pretty nice, and that's the that's Beautiful. the part that makes it classic right there. And the guitars allowing the room for the vocal; they're not competing; they're complementing. Like I mean, that takes to be able to do that. It takes a lot of rehearsal. It other than all of the skill it takes it listening. To, yeah, it takes listening. You got to hear what the other guy's doing. What was that? <laughs> That one, I mean, I remember the first time I slid this CD into the stereo and just sat there and listened. And that one out the gate was like, oh, yes. <laughs> like, I want to listen to that again. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd all been good ones up to that point. But it was like, oh, that one's kind of special. Like, yeah, that was their last single. Yeah, it gives you a lot to chew on. Uh, How many more right. songs do we have till the middle? This next song, it would be the last of the half. And uh, it's a timely tune, unfortunately, as it was the day it was written. WMA, uh, about police brutality. I think that stands for uh, White Male American. Am I correct in my assumptions there? I can double check myself on the. <laughs> I was looking for the that's right. I know. I know that. Why wouldn't I know that? <laughs> I absolve you. Thank you. Yeah, like you said, sometimes he's vague. In his lyrics, this is pretty. Yeah. Du- this is pretty direct. There's not but, a lot of interpretation left for you. Yeah, for sure. Police shot my brother again. It's the again part. It really st- sticks with you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> WMA. I mean, it's classic. Once you decide to do a funky drum <laughs> intro, <laughs> you right. tip, it's either the first song or it's got to be on the second half. That's how you close the side right here. Close the side. Thank you. (laughs) They get experimental a couple times on this album. It's more enjoyable than it should be. With 10 and um, the ocean. Yeah. And the way they bookended 10, they allow themselves to do this all day long. Uh It was refreshing then. You know, like listening to that fucking... You kind of thirst for it when they get to this, some sort of yeah. building, you know, jammy jam or something. That's what it feels like. It's like they're just kind of jamming, getting ready to feel the song, you know? Mm-hmm. You can hear Stone in your right ear once again. I think that's how they right, live. Pat. Stone's always on the right. He's on the right. But yeah. Quietly, literally. One of the better riffs on the album, too. Whatever Stone's doing over there, that palm muted right? little run you he's doing. You think you could do it, you're totally not going to hum it, but you, it feels familiar. Dude, the clamp hi-hats, classic move. 
It's also a little fucking wrist flip that usually happens. Really pays dividends. Yeah, we're we're talking to Miami Vice right now. <laughs> yeah, those Tom, what is this Tom's? He's smacking on up there with a pop 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 pop. The really yeah, high Roto Tom's. Yeah. And fucking organic skins. Like world music going on. It is. It's Peter Gabrielish. little outbursts coming from McGreedy over there. Yeah. Tantrums here and there. No, it, 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 there's an increased tension to the structure of this song and then those fucking little aneurysm indicators that are happening. Oh, that vein just flared. All right, on cue. And totally digestible. You just want to keep fucking eating this rolling and rolling it's you know songs can be layered with their intros and their approach to them and then they have the swell you know those that, those are part of the models that well, you can pull from yeah and the baseline never changes yeah it's very fascination street about it it's just the intensity changes but that bass totally and and common in the swell you know you, for, you need to have some grounding agent and usually in a swell tune it's drums and bass that are, are that are it's a swell tune. Yeah, it's a swell tune that are just kind of like flowing in and out of each other a bit. Let me get a little bit of that eggnog. No, that's good. You want an ice ball in there, kid? This is, you know, devil horns in here a little bit. Just and any kind of, um, I guess as a drummer, it's really fun when you get to go, boom, boom. Anytime you you start you, you start your rhythm, yeah, you're getting lyrical. You're adding texture to it, and Tom's obviously the texture part of the drum kit, um, the, the 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 voice ish to it, and. That's my when man you Dave. when you reserve when you get to start out that fill with the your middle range and then circle back around at, at whatever you know bars you decide and hit that upper one and work your way down again, you're calling back onto itself. You're thinking about this. it's just it's a <laughs> fucking delight. It is a blast to play. The worst part is playing stuff like this. You either have to look like it's tough and you got to really get into it. Or otherwise, you're just gonna be grinning from ear to ear. <laughs> and it's, here, Dude. like, like, I wonder, I wonder if marching into battle, there was a fucking little drummer boy who everybody's about to die and they're all fucking hurting and wondering what's gonna happen. And this kid is like, I'm fucking nailing this. That would have been Dave Abrazes. Did you ever see a picture of him playing when he wasn't grinning yeah, like, exactly. like ear to ear? <laughs> And that didn't really vibe with the band aesthetic so much yes. either. They were very serious folks, you know. Yeah. At least yeah, yeah. in their image. There's there's some Doors theatrics to these guys, to all of them. And, uh, and um, you can't just be smiling ear to ear somewhere in there just being like, <laughs> we're killing it still. <laughs> Nobody told Dave that, though. 
They did. He was smiling <laughs> they, every I think they all I told him. That guy. He's and like, he was right. I'm the drummer for fucking Pearl Jam. <laughs> I don't know. You want me to stop smiling about that? Matt doesn't smile much. <laughs> what Matt does great is backup got sing. A, Matt's got a beautiful smile, though. When he lets he it does, loose. dude. Just makes you earn it. <laughs> great teeth. Second there's best, no, there's second no best teeth in rock Unless and roll. you're an Irish sing- singer, there's no excuse to not have great teeth if you're a successful <laughs> musician. <laughs> Man, since we're at the halfway point, can I tell you about the album charts? Bring it. In this week of October 19th, 1993. Dude, what are we listening to in then? At number 10, I'm excited. I didn't see this one coming. Number 10, we got 187 He Wrote by Spice One. And I know you're looking at me like, Spice One? Yeah, no. I have that. It's because he's from Oakland. This is some West Coast shit, Chris. Okay. Okay. But to see him on number 10 on the album charts, that, that I mean, I knew he was large, but I didn't know he made it that far. Like, Chart if you're large. on the West Coast, he was, he's from Oakland. Did I say he's from Oakland? You did. Uh, yeah, fun. All right, go listen to 187 he <laughs> wrote. Uh, awesome. Number nine, Blind Melon, with their first album, Blind Melon, with the little B-girl on the front. Yeah, sure. Uh, we all know that album. Yeah, and, no some, and some more tragedy. Tragedy yeah. around this time. He would get what they they would do their second album. That would be it for Blind Melon. Yep. Maybe we should cover that one, because I like that record a lot. Soup is the name of it. Oh, nice. It's a good record. Great record. Reba McIntyre had her greatest hits volume two in nineteen ninety. She's she's so she's so many generations deep in gangster room. She's already on volume two yeah. of her and it's be- still greatest charting. Hits. Yeah. Still oh, killing it. Reba was Reba. huge in ninety three. She was Reba. selling Fritos on T V commercials. Yeah. She had a TV show. Yep. She had already been in Tremors. So, you know. <laughs> she Reba was a force. Uh another force and the her star was really rising at this point. Janet Jackson. She'd been rising since, you know, control. Yeah, yeah. Black Cat. She she has a big Rhythm skull. Nation. Big and skull. here she comes with this yeah. with this self titled album. And this is when she did the Rolling Stone cover with the hands on the on the breasts. Oh, sure. Yeah, it caused a little kerf- her breasts are always be causing yeah, problems. Point of contention. Or going back to what works. I don't think they cause problems. No. That's not my opinion. That is not the opinion of the next episode. Janet Jackson's press do not cause problems. Ugh. Uh, this I'm gonna I'm getting the bends here, Chris, because we're going from Janet Jackson to who normally would be great, the Billy Joel. But you know what era this is? Oh, is it in the middle? Of yes, it's the River of Dreams. River of Dreams. Dude. This is not a great way to. I mean, this was like towards the end. He stopped do, making do, records after you, this. Okay, I hate to say this, but it's true in this situation. Do you know how you knew this album was fucking shit? You know how I know when you've had a couple drinks and your Long Island accent comes out harder when you talk about <laughs> Billy Joel? <laughs> Christy Brinkley painted the cover. Oh, yeah, as that's as, right. As far as cover art reflecting what's in I the album. I don't like it. I don't like not it. good. I think not the guy good. from uh, Men at Work did a much... The drummer from Men at Work did way a better, much better I'm job kidding, for way Cargo. Better. Way, way, way. Um, that was an argument. That he, 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 that album cover happened because there was an argument at some point. Yeah. But also, let's remember the song Big Shot. Just a killer yes. song. Yes. Killer song. But to better days, Billy Joel. <laughs> um, 
George Strait, number five. Remember George Strait with that big old hat? Vaguely. Easy come, easy go. Yeah. See, he didn't go to Sumner High School. He didn't know about George Strait. I feel like I have about three more years until I won't even recognize the name. He's one of the, one of the quote, hat acts at the time. Which you had your, the hat axe. <laughs> you had your Brooks and Dunn, your Garth Brooks, not to be confused with oh, the Brooks. Oh, no hat, relation. Yeah, sure. The yeah, hat axe. Yeah, yeah, sure. And uh, George tra- Strait was one of the biggest you could be. There it is. Okay, it's all coming back. Yeah, now me. you know. You're Where picturing you, that big hat now. Big hat. Um, Travis Tritt. He yeah. Was he, was yeah, he a hat? He, early, early hat. Um, yeah, early. <laughs> early hat. I was trying to think of. Who, who did Julia Roberts marry? He didn't wear. Uh, a oh hat. no, no, he, no! But the head of hair like that—you're gonna cover that up exactly. with a hat? Exactly. No, he's post hat. I, I, I wonder <laughs> if there's a category for the guys who are just like, look he's at my hair. Early post hat. <laughs> Dwight Yoakam, big time hat. But look at the hairline. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That was not. That was not his. That was not. Yeah. The, who's the tall guy? Julia Roberts. Lyle Lovett. Lyle Lovett. Thank there you. There it is. Not Lyle Lovett's problem. He yeah. had that eraser head hair. Mm-hmm. He, like, he looked like he was falling always. Bright and Frankenstein. <laughs> with that wave. It was the wave that put it over the edge. Which, I hate to say, bro, is where you're heading right now with what you got working oh with. Oh, my God. I'm just saying you have the clay. Yeah. Now it's time to bring in. put the wave into it? Listen, okay? I can get a real good Misfits the, thing going <laughs> right now. When you say real good. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was looking at Misfits second album. I mean, we, oh, we could do we could do <laughs> going on record as nay. All right, what else? What is what else? You got? What's approval? Okay, because number four. The, Wait, let's get it. Number four. Mariah Carey with Music Box. Okay, yeah, you know the Mariah Carey songs from high school. They're all yeah. the, Chris. You're gonna, singer. Number three though, and I know this is one that excites you. Bad out of hell part two oh. back. Into hell, yeah. Jim Steinman, back. No, no, no. I'm what I'm saying is, I want it back into hell. Yeah, well, meat, it's a little on the nose. Back into hell, it's a, on the nose. Meat, Jim, Fuck tell that. him, tell him, Jim, tell him, Jim, it's back into hell. It's back. I don't care. <laughs> that's what we're doing. It's back in. There's gonna be some piano, right? Oh my god, yeah. I didn't even uh, listen. That's an album. I fell off that too. That's, so, I, so oh, 10 really? and Pearl Jam and Meatloaf. Nah. I'll buy you first stuff. <laughs> you got me with the first stuff. The rest of it. This is the out here. I would do anything for love. Yeah, this yeah, is that. This is that era. That is not. But number two, this is fun. In utero, you brought that up. The third yeah. album where they just got weird. Yeah. Oh, it's a great album, it's awesome. and it's and it's like a double album. Number one, the number one album this week as Pearl Jam is unleashing number two onto the world. Garth Brooks in pieces, another hat, king of the hat acts, one might say. Yeah. Because he had the songwriting chops. And that's why he got all that money, boy. Because, well, he would do Billy Joel songs, too. He wasn't above doing other people's songs, but a lot of those hits, he wrote them. Dude, uh, Bill Clinton became president around this time. Uh, The World (laughs) Trade Center got bombed. The first time. The Waco siege ends in a deadly fire. Flames. Um, Rich Davidians. Oh, off the Seventh Day Adventist, I just learned today. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, Dizzy Gillespie, uh-huh. Audrey Hepburn, Thurgood Marshall, and now for sports. <laughs> 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 Who won the Super Bowl that year? <laughs> Brian did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, our kind of sports are fucking 
going, I don't know, Pearl Jam's got a second album, but I, you know, I just watched Days and Confused. Oh, that movie man. was dope, and it had some cool tunes like, so right. We played that a couple weeks ago. <laughs> oh, no, other podcast. Oh, by the way, speaking of that other podcast, a little incidental segue. Yeah. You probably want to go check out, it's called Fair Warning. It's only about Van Halen. It's got our buddy Augie with us, and we break it down to the molecular level, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you don't want to nerd out on Chronological. Yeah. Astrological. Biological. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. Falling down. It's not logical. Other than being how, how, the, uh, how, how I'm approaching some of my that? diction tonight is Michael Keaton. Mike. No, Michael. That's not Michael Keaton. No, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because Steve he didn't Buscemi. look like Michael Douglas in that movie. That was no. why it's weird. He really transformed. Got Dude. a little pudgy. Falling down is in the same vein as like Seven, mm-hmm. where it's a really good movie. Tough to watch. Yeah, Falling Down's a little more digestible because uh, it's road rage. Call it like mega prequel. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking great performances by everybody in that movie. Holy shit. Yeah. That that uh, that one was a favorite. Also a favorite of mine, Searching for Bobby Fisher. Never saw it. Oh, my gosh. It's about chess and a kid. It's awesome. Uh, Tombstone came out. Yes. I don't know if you know what I know about Tombstone, but. You called down the thunder. Well, oh. now you got it. Well, that's for sure. That he did so much heavy lifting to make that movie happen. Dragon came out, uh, the good son, where we see that Macaulay Calkin isn't always a good son. Boring. Okay, all right. Does that's it. That's basically what was some movies anymore? and stuff. <laughs> oh, was that? I heard. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? It's <laughs> <laughs> the one I couldn't find five minutes ago when you were talking about that goddamn movie. <laughs> Does that wrap up our uh, mid-album filler? I think that's it. Let's get let's get more into this thing. We're starting <laughs> off the second side. Oh, this the, I think this is very much a lot of better coming through on this particular song, um, like songwriting wise. And- yeah, this feels like a, this feels like an Eddie jam. I mean, definitely well, he wrote all the lyrics, but this is about um a little bit of maybe some backlash he to or his feelings about blowing up so hard and like the media and yeah. wanting to get what do you want my blood this is written in the front of a truck yeah definitely this is on a bluff <laughs> under stars oh but at least he had a bench seat Meanwhile, Mike McCready's doing the shaft guitar over in the left ear over there. Dude, how many of those do you get in a guitar career? I don't know. Definitely would have never pulled that on 10. He's playing it so good, though. He's not just going... Up and down, up and down, up and down. Nah. <laughs> I like. Let's go back in for another one. Yeah. 
Damn, Eddie. Yeah. Paint Ed Big. Turn Ed into one of his enemies. Wow. (laughs) How do you really feel? Blood, man. This is one of the, like, the way I heard Dissident when the first, yeah, time, yeah. The first time that one came up in the rotation, I was like, this was the other one. We're like, fuck, what are you doing to me right here? All these little stops and, like, just diving back in. This was, I was just happy. Like, that first album I liked, like everybody else, I, it was fine with it. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't uh, enough. And no. this had the uh, all over it. This, they went raw. More raw on this. Still, raw dog still has the great production value, and I know that's kind of a cop out, but obviously I'm impaired and I don't have any other better words. Brendan O'Brien figured he, he figured found it the the key to yeah. recording this band. Yeah, straight up. And they're doing a a lot of heavy lifting, and he's just like, you know, making sure it gets down clean. Right, man, for the right and job. A fucking nice clean mix, and then just let. It happened. You pick up their instruments, you're not playing like this. They're able to play like this. And then just do a silly outro. It's called taking a lap. <laughs> just take a lap. <laughs> you know when you got the take and you just did the victory lap. <laughs> yeah, that's fair game. Fair play. Yeah. That's a that's a um a really good first song, second side. Mm-hmm. It's still considered right around this time. CDs, yeah, you're not flipping you, them, but you, you can know. still get a cassette. Yeah. Plenty of copies of this album were sold on a cassette. Yeah, and the, even though the times are changing, the echoes of the format are still happening. And, of oh, yeah. course, everything we mentioned about some of their um, the influences. This is a 45-minute album. This would have fit perfectly on a vinyl. Right. And, and been in the good the good quality range. Yeah. I mean... Just because you can put 74 minutes of shit out. Cause you put, that's a double album. People were basically putting out double albums mm-hmm. through a lot of the 90s and not calling them that. Yeah. But they were twice as long as the old albums, so what did, I, I call that something. Yeah. Was it extra long? <sighs> we got an EL. We got it's EP, regular <laughs> ELP. E-L. You got your Emerson, E-L. Lake, and Palmer <laughs> in there. <laughs> Who were the first ones to actually do it. <laughs> I can't believe this song wasn't a single because I swear I just, it, it, it's ubiquitous. But rearview mirror. I'm confused in a room and I'm running. <laughs> it has a little bit of that. Yeah. A little B-52's energy. Yeah. <laughs> A little rock lobster jerkiness. And they did this earlier on the first side. This the kind of edgy the glorified G. I guess it was a beating. Pre-chorus. It's their first employment of pre-chorus. <laughs> See, this whole song is like someone just keeps turning the screw up just ever so slightly right yeah. to the end. Got good simile. Yeah. 
I feel like every time they wrote a song, they were like, God damn it, did it again? <laughs> like, I, they feel very satisfied with what they're putting out. Yeah. And I don't mean that it, that they feel arrogant. They feel yeah. really capable and they trust. They just it's confident. Confidence. confidence. This song reminds me a lot of another song from this era that wasn't a... I think it was on the single soundtrack, maybe, uh, but State of Love and Trust. Oh, dude, that song is great. It's just another great up-tempo rocker from these guys. It's one of my top for these guys. State of Love and Trust? Yeah, Yeah, I I hum that thing. It's just... Very... Because you can, because the melody is fucking sick. It is. And it's a good up-tempo rock song with a sick melody and a big chorus. What I mean, it was it grown in a lab? Right. Get the fuck out of here. Right, right. That's a GMO song. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Break it down. Dude, the, the the rolls on the ride with the with the bell strikes. It's, <laughs> it's just so choice. That's your boy, man. Little Smiley McGee back there. Yeah. And he knows it. He's like, yeah. damn, that sounded great. I'm killing it. You guys think that show is awesome or what? <laughs> <sighs> Abortion sucks, though. And he's like, yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> ah, that little stupid. Biggity-giggity-giggity fill right before you get into it. Yeah. pick right up there with that riff right as he hits his peak the, and then they start harmonizing you say they're listening the fuck out of yeah. here yeah and that frequency is just cutting right through Skip up that drum beat a little bit just to make sure you're not totally in a trance. Really start driving it home right here. And that's what keeps you from fucking going over the yellow lines when you're listening to this at night. (laughs) Just, oh yeah, skip. Don't stay on the highway. You're doing 70 right now, just darkness and wet streets. Eddie's over my left ear right now, whispering, what are you, the devil or the angel? I don't know. Oh, good. Double time it. Yeah. Listen to the... We could talk about the end of the song here. It's a perfect spot for this song on the album. The, the architecture is really fantastic. Hear those sticks go yeah, flying? What are we throwing sticks in the We're air? We're throwing sticks. <laughs> Apparently, this was a motherfucker for Dave. Yeah. This particular song, getting right, but did mm-hmm. he just nail that? T- Nailed it. Hence the like, fuck you, Brendan. That's the take. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I got no more. I love it. And they left yeah. left it in. Yeah. There, the sticks went flying. He's like, if that wasn't it, I'll only do one more album with you guys. Now let me tell you a little drummer secret. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, that's all. I, 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 I like, love that song so much. Chris. Well, yeah, go ahead. This is, uh, is another experimental jam. Rats. Right. Uh, more of a poetry reading over a, a kind of groovy backing track. Again, a kind of a nice spot to put this song. Yes, it's sitting in about the same place as uh, Glorified G on the first side, yeah. Now, before we play this, what what is, um, you say this is your favorite Pearl Jam album? I think it is. What about that? Sitting sitting right here, what, do you, what is, uh, what's speaking to you? I like the poetry in this particular song, and I think it's a good little break. I mean, Rearview Mirror, what are you going to do after Rearview Mirror? Yeah. Where are you going to take it up? I don't think so. Let's bring it down a little bit and have a little social commentary from Ed about the human animal as it compares to rats. Yeah. And as it turns out, they don't compare. Favorite rhythm section of Pearl Jam. He does a lot more bass triplets. Uh, Dave Dave brings <laughs> that one. style. Boing in the background. <laughs> They don't eat, don't sleep, they don't feed, they don't see. They're the gums are when they moan and squeak. Lift the dirt off a larger one squeak. They don't push, don't crowd, congregate until they're not too it's loud. A, it's almost a stranglehold groove, <laughs> but it's talking to it. It's just that we're going to roll this for a bit. It's a little bit of... Uh, I know he was a fan of Jim Morrison, you know, in the whole five against one, like one, one and five, yeah. and then the whole beginning of that song, there's a little nod. Yeah. Another groove that would not have found itself a home on 10. I think a little I too funky. For sure. I mean, and he's making that vocal choice of staying, and it's almost like the opposite of a falsetto. It's like a bassetto. <laughs> it's like just, it's almost spoken word. Yeah, yeah Dylan, yeah. I'm in the basement thinking about the Without government. swinging it. He's not, yeah. he's not putting any, any kind of uh, real he's character rap, He's it. rapping is what you're saying. No, he's, he's busting he's a rhyme. He's, Eddie Vedder has bars is what you're saying. Best MC of the 90s, I hear you. No, he's not doing... Um, Numb, you know, with the edge. <laughs> oh, right, right. Uh, not that far off. No, they don't it's speak, similar. Don't talk, don't be, don't hear, Hats off to Brendan O'Brien. Like you said, he, he found the Rosetta Stone to like putting these guys on wax. Yeah, and, and the challenge with this album from from the last album is uh, they're pushing their song structure and and the vocal range and the um, the sonic range 
they're really clean in all of those registers. Not yeah. one of those frequencies starts getting muddy. You know, yeah. it's not like, well, it's, you know, fuck, it sounds great live. Sounds right. great. Um, I mean, loud. And the song uh, structure. Headphone cl- sounds great. Song structure is classic. Yeah. Ex- with the exception of probably WMA. Even this song, it's got a proper bridge. They're in the middle of it right now. Like, <laughs> verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge. Like, they, it's the same format as the Beatles. It's yeah. the same format as Little Richard. Oh. With, uh, with, what do you think about this? Beatles and Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Rolling Stones. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Give me the, get, break that down one more time for me. Um. I, I wrote it down last night, late, <laughs> wondering how I would work it into a fucking conversation. The end of Rats is perfect. It, it sounds good, right? Um, no, uh, let's see. Became big outside Seattle. Did we cover that? Um, I was thinking. No, I was. I was thinking about some comparisons, like as far as little microsystems as Seattle was until all of this music started going across um, through record sales and videos. Like, we're well-oiled machine with uh, MTV and productions. If you're um, comparing it to the 60s, I think Nirvana is more the Beatles. I think Nirvana's got Beatles and Pearl Jam's kind of like the uh, the Rolling Stones. I think they're the Who. You think they're the Who? But they're definitely the Who. Okay. I think... Uh, I think Owls and Chains is the Stones. The okay. Darker version, okay. poppy songs, but a little darker okay. version, a lot more heroin. All right, you know what I mean? Mirror Universe, yes. Bizarro. Yes. No, not Bizarro. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes I, I like the that makes Soundgarden added with Alice and Chains. That makes Soundgarden like the Kinks. You know what I mean? Holy shit! The ones that had the really good songs, but they weren't like right. Yeah, yeah. Like Buffalo Springfield. Yeah, they'll give you Lola. You know what I mean? Yeah, the Beatles and the Stones are cool, but they singing about transsexuals in the 60s? I don't think so. Let's leave that up to the kinks. God damn, Jared. Well. <sighs> don't get me started on Mud Honey. <laughs> Everybody knows they're the hermits, hermits of the scene. Okay? <laughs> and they got that certain look. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's keep it going to another song. I can't believe wasn't a single. That that, that should be a we need a drop. I can't believe it's not butter. I can't believe this wasn't a single. Yeah, as much as I heard it on the radio. Oh jeez, right. Start off with the singing and the acoustic right away. I have some on the edge of a bed playing this song. Just so you know. Great. Honestly, I wish I could. It sounds. It feels like it would be a blast. Everything they play looks like it's a fucking blast to play. I'm not great at this, but I think it is. Oops, sorry. Just taking it all the way out. I'm not great at running a fader. Um, <laughs> I've heard. You think of that's a tenor? You know what I'm talking about? Where his voice sits in things? He's. Oh. I want to say that's a tenor. Yeah. Oh, totally. Tenor. Not, or it's baritone. Totally <laughs> or baritone sometimes. Yeah. It's I don't tenor. know. There's a there's it, a it Italian like, word for this. It sounds like a tenor saxophone. That's where that's where Eddie's register is. Is tenor sax? Could he, he be can, one of the four can, tenors? Can, for sure. 
recognize your breath. That's intimate. Great lyrics right there, dude. Very good lyrics. had a little bit of a waltz beat there it's kind of yeah that's three four yeah get that uh that two, one two three one two three sea shanty yeah swing i mean it's great this is like uh <laughs> it's a fable ish <laughs> you don't know what he's singing about is he happy to be back there to yeah. or is he reminiscing did is his is it 12-year high school, 20-year high school reunion? I think he was grabbing a pack of smokes one of those nights where he drove out to the middle of nowhere. And he couldn't saw an remember. Elderly, saw an elderly lady behind a counter yeah. in a small town. Do you think? Yeah. I think, I think it's that on the nose. They made up a story for you. You ever do yeah. that? Just make yeah, up oh, stories for people that you just run for into. Sure. You're like, oh, here's this guy's whole deal. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. It's a f- fucking little, <laughs> it's a nice little journey your mind gets to take. <laughs> what can chemical? Give somebody a whole backstory. Yeah. I mean, he hit on something because the world loved this song. One of the all-time best outros, and it's again straight down the barrel. Fucking beautiful. An out natural fade out. it out boom let me tell you something we're going to do the penultimate track on this song oh, and uh oh billy, billy 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 leash is the song and it's one of those it, i put it with like daughter where it's fine yeah it's not phenomenal but it, it's a great lead into one of the best closers of all time so <laughs> i'll just let leash go and i appreciate the 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 Sentiment behind this song, drop the leash, we are young, get out of our fucking face. Like you didn't feel that way in 1993, yeah. I did. Yeah. But... <laughs> Hold on. Hold the fucking phone. Level tears apart for the first four bars. <laughs> <laughs> Drink. <laughs> See, it's shit like that that's gonna bring this situation to a head. Little changes. And that is the thing about uh, their songwriting is you you can take any of these songs and translate them into whatever's hot at the moment. And and because of 
the level, of, the, the molecular level of the songwriting, it'll transfer. Even what do you a mean? song, like, I feel like hot. What do you mean? Give this to who's hot right now? Give this to Sean Mendez or what's his guy's okay, name? Okay, like a, like a contemporary artist right now. Yeah. Give Sean Mendez fucking leash. Watch him make a hit of it because it's is a great and it's a song I'm like right. meh about on this record. That's yeah. the embarrassment of riches that we're looking at here. That's was, I was trying to make that point earlier and failed miserably with their lowest lowest. The songs yeah. you don't like the most on here are still more successful than so many other bands' top hits. They're, they're hitting... With this album, They you're talking about which was the singles and which oh weren't and God. how absurd it is because yeah. you heard those other ones yeah. so many times. This song... With, this is U2 territory right now, but before yeah. U2's second album. U2 this didn't do this on their second. very song is at least 10% better than anything you and I have ever done. Yeah. At least 10%, maybe. Oh, yeah, At most, yeah. actually. I'm going to max it out about 10%. But the math, neither here nor there. Yeah. Their throwaways. Listen, their throwaways are shit like uh, uh, State of Love and Trust. And right. it's not a throwaway, but it's just something they did, it didn't make the record. Yeah, didn't fit. Probably, yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. It didn't make the record. Just put it on a single and make people go, where the fuck can I buy that? Exactly. Speaking of stuff that didn't make the cut... Early in Pearl Jam forming, Temple of the Dog started happening. That's right. And so there's this, uh, you know, there's this uh, weird introduction where Pearl Jam's starting to take off. Temple of the Dog happens. Eddie Vedder's getting introduced now to that whole other side of the Seattle music scene. I might not have my timeline 100%, but I think Temple of the Dog happens before 10 comes out. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's ass backwards. Yeah. And as Cusp. far as as far as closers go, we we had a good one. Uh, we had a we had a few good ones on the last few. This song is about one uh, percent excellent songwriting and ninety nine percent vibe. This song is, as the kids say, a mood. Everyone is so locked in and committed to the vibe of this song, and I, I want to say this is also my favorite Mike McCready. And we haven't shouted out Mike McCready, I think, enough. Yeah, yeah. Over this, uh, but this is my favorite Mike McCready solo, and it's the most restrained, and it's the most held back, but it's the most perfect for this whole entire song, and I just love it. So let's do it. Using Tiffany sticks on a symbol. I mean, one of the best ways to start a song.
How many exactly man hours have you spent just baked listening to shit on this song? <laughs> oh, right here. Up, he has it just at the end of that to- tone, just the yeah. game is just on the edge of crunch, and he doesn't f- um, fill that line with enough notes that you can't hear that decay. Yes. That, like, it's beautiful. This is a true story, but recording this song, what sounds like that those um, tambourine hits, there's actually an old gunfight that was happening out behind the <laughs> studio, but they two guys, it was dark, they couldn't find each other, so they kept walking around. <laughs> Stirrups. Spurs. What are those things that you fucking... Spurs. Spurs, yeah. yes. No, Eddie recorded this in stirrups to get his... To oh, get yeah. his that. You got that off of Wikipedia. This is the first that I can think of a emergence of organ being played on a Pearl Jam record. I wouldn't be surprised if it was in some deep uh, backup tone on 10, but I, I also don't see them fucking hauling a Hammond into London Bridge. Yeah, there's also nobody credited on Oregon for this album, at least as far as Wikipedia says. Brendan? The most likely suspect is Brendan O'Brien. See, the organ is great for this kind of tone, or this tune where um, it's, it's doing a lot of heavy lifting. It's filling out the air. When you, when you say, I want to make a song that's airy, really what you're saying is, I need an organ somewhere in there. It's the Procol Harum effect, like whiter shade of pale, that Hammond going through the Leslie speaker. It's yeah. just a classic. Yeah. More classic rock. No, it, to it, you. it's yeah, for sure. It's in the DNA of music. It has a. It's what Ben Montench from the from the Heartbreakers would have played. Sure. Classic. <laughs> he said that like he wanted to fight. <laughs> anyway, he says different. Problem with Benmont? <laughs> Bitch, that's a mistake. Mm. No, there's there's some desert roads in that tune. Um, you ever done mushrooms and laid on a waterbed? Right. Shout out to my high school buddy, Jake. <laughs> and you know, we would take mushrooms and lay on your waterbed and listen to Pink Floyd. <laughs> Probably this album, too. They really nailed it for a second album, which allowed them to have that soft outro, allow them to have the, the one little spoiler in the first half, spoiler in the second half that just kind of hits you with the jank. Everything. 
They can do anything. Anything they wanted. And they're able to pull it off. They're a really fucking killer band. And actually, the restraint they showed for actually literally being able to do whatever the fuck they wanted on this album. Yeah, and do you think we would be remiss if we didn't mention Neil Young's influence on their approach to stardom, to writing what you want, and, um, and to just fucking... Killing it when you go on stage. It's about the time they were doing Mirrorball with him. Yeah, yeah I forgot. That. I completely slipped my mind that they were his backing band for a minute. Right? <laughs> I mean, talking about working with the fucking Jedi Master. That's that's your mentor. I remember that being thrown around about him at the time as the godfather of grunge. Just because, you know, in 1972, yeah. he liked flannel. And uh, Sure. And with, <laughs> with Crazy Horse is a grunge band the way... The Stooges were a punk band. Yeah. Ahead of their time. Yeah. Man, we're not going to solve any of this on this episode. No, but we'll fucking try on the next episode. Try as we might. Smoke weed every day. Try as we might. <laughs> what the fuck nice, does that mean? Dude. I don't know, man. We're-